War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website dpetro.com. Well, it's Thursday. It is November 10th. It's all starting to sink in. I want to touch on, um, there's a um, story in the Providence Journal where they talk about five takeaways, five takeaways from, you know, the election. And I I don't, um, what I, what I, I don't understand is they don't even mention the fact that the mail ballots in early voting, like, I, how, how can, uh, let me, let me just walk through the story a little bit. How, how can you look at what happened and, and not acknowledge what, what took place is, is just beyond me. Five takeaways from the 2022 Rhode Island election results by Patrick Anderson who I saw during the course of the debate in the campaign season. After all the ads, the mailers, door knocking, millions of dollars spent, the island political landscape remained almost entirely as it had been. Democrats controlling every statewide federal office, overwhelming general assembly majorities. The biggest news of the election was what didn't happen. Any voter pushback at party control in the White House put more Republicans in office. So, they go through, where does the Rhode Island GOP go from here? Now, again, this is Providence Journal. Post-election soul-searching. Familiar Rhode Island Republicans, but this week's face plant may leave a bigger mark than most. If the party can't win in a year when so much seem aligned, a surprise open congressional seat, governor with low approval numbers, unpopular president of the White House, when will they? That's a fair question. GOP leaders were quiet. Wednesday about charting a path forward. Gubernatorial candidate Ashley Kayla spent $4.7 million of her own money to lose by 19 points to Dan McKay, one of the most expensive losing campaigns in state history. The 39% of the vote she received was less than Treasurer candidate James Lathrop, who got 46%. Well, that was a winnable race. And Lieutenant Governor Aaron uh, Gukian, who got 43%, who won day of at the polls, he won. And Secretary of State Pat Cordalesa, who got 40%. She just beat Attorney General candidate Chaz Kalenda, who got 38.5 finish. Now listen to this line. Acknowledging Rhode Island's leftward lean, one option might be to move to the center. Well, they already are to the center. I mean, they already are to the Senate. There's, there's no one extreme of that group that I just mentioned. They write both Kalis and Fungrain as moderates. If moving to the Senate doesn't win, the party could move right and try to play at its conservative base, as the Massachusetts GOP has. That, 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 that is not a winning strategy. That would be even less. But they write, that isn't, or he writes, that hasn't led to election wins in Massachusetts. Jeff Deal got 35% of the vote got crushed by Maura Healy. So that, that's, that's a lose. Now, they talked to Wendy Schiller of Brown University. Rhode Island GOP has to build an infrastructure that supports and encourages rising stars make the leap to run for higher office. Both Jessica De La Cruz and Blake Filippi may have feared better than Alan Fung and Ashley Kalis if they had more funding and organizational reach. Well, outreach. Well, neither one of them ran. Ashley stepped up and ran for governor. Fung stood up uh, Jessica, State Senator Jessica de la Cruz was in the race for three weeks and then pulled out. I, I, I'm going to just walk through. So did, 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 here's the next thing. Uh, so did, did voters deliver a mandate? That's the question they ask. Um, if there's a lesson to be taken, of course, then you have. Like, this is a ridiculous quote. If there's a lesson to be taken for an island, voters in every corner of the state want leaders who will not stand up to fear-mongering Trump Republicans. 
What, why is this quote even here? Working Families Party New England Regional Director Georgia Holster said in a news release, that is ludicrous. There was no fear-mongering Trump Republican in the race. That has not existed. So why include the quote? So All right, so far, we're getting through the article. They haven't even mentioned the mail ballots and the early voting. They put, on the other hand, the moderates can point to the fact they crushed the progressive Rhode Island political cooperative and won races by avoiding issues like police defunding, vaccine mandates, or proposal to raise taxes. I don't even believe that. They have the mechanisms down to dominate early voting and mail ballots, and they're utilizing it. Now, they also write, speaking of taxes in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, voters approved 52 to 48 they're going to charge 4% tax on income above $1 million. Well, the people that make more than $1 million will then move out of the state. Rhode Island is now looking to do the same. There's nothing more anti-business. You're punishing people who have been successful. Notice who they're taxing, at least in Rhode Island, it's on income. They don't tax if you already have wealth, such as someone like Sheldon Whitehouse, his family has money. He's not earning a lot of money now. He has money, so it doesn't apply to him. The Chafees always fit into that. Notice they tax those who are earning $1 million, not have more than $1 million and so forth. Magazine, his parents fall into the same camp. So, now, here's where I really take exception. Were the polls wrong? He writes, the last public poll gave Fung an eight-point margin over Magaziner. Well, that, that was actually on target. Fung won at the polls. It's impossible to project mail ballots and, and early voting, which I am against. Even Democrat internal polls showed the race basically even with Bill Gilbert taken out of the equation. What happened? Listen to this line. On election night, Magazine declined to say whether he thought he'd come from behind or always been in a good position. And then they write, and there's a good chance we'll never know. They don't even mention the mail ballots in the early voting. Who else do they have to get into the, the story? Former congressional candidate, it's news to me, teachers union leader Bob Walsh predicted Magaziner and Fung would split the districts outside of Providence and Magaziner would win by his margin in Providence. That turned out to be fairly close. As it happens, Fung won all but one of the dozen, dozen communities he won in his 2018 campaign for governor against Gina Raimondo. Raimondo nearly, uh, narrowly won Hopkinton. In both years, Fung won Richmond, Exeter, West Greenwich, Coventry, West Warwick, Cranston, Situate, Foster, Gloucester, Burville, and Johnston. And then they say, what's, you know, what's next for 2024? If Fung had won then you'd have Democrats jockeying to run against them. If Kalis had become governor, it would have gone to another level. Now, ambitious Democrats don't know what to do. And if McKee runs for a second full term in 2026, there's no other retirements in the congressional delegation. Well, folks, again, I, I, I am at a loss. How can you talk about Nowhere in the story, let me rephrase it this way, nowhere in that Providence Journal, the state newspaper story, do they mention and point out and list the effect that mail ballots and early voting had. We, we need to rein that in. It is so out of control. The Democrat Party have found themselves, they have the mechanisms, they know how, they know how to exploit it, how to manipulate the vote. How strong do they have it down? They, they have it down so much that the moderate Dems, it's the union people along with some political operatives, they even took out that Jennifer Rourke in Warwick. She was the progressive. When she won her primary, she basically thought that she was home free. And they went all in with the Republican to knock her out. I don't know this anthony deluca but they certainly didn't want it. that's that's just totally flexing that is just like a total flex they want to demonstrate watch watch this this is like someone that can uh, like easily shoot a three-pointer 
and just think nothing of like, watch this, go down, boom, and drill another one. Even like, you know, five feet off the three-point line. At that point, taking out Jennifer Rourke, it was, it was almost showing off. The Democrat Party union operatives were basically showing off like, what? watch this. And then boom, from half court, they can nothing but net and drill it down that way. I think that's the best way to describe it. That's how confident they are in it. And on top of that, the father and son that were involved in it, they, they were some of the highest vote getters or uh, picking Dan McGowan's roadmap where there were 87 different choices to pick from. And um, two people that were involved with all the early voting and the mail ballots and the mailers and everything else, they, they scored very high. They're, they're insiders. They know how the game is working. They work the game. Um, it's very, very discouraging. But I'm telling you right now, and folks, again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. If, if the voting, if the regulations, if everything of voting stays like this, you're not going to get any difference. These are not elections. These are not credible elections, at least not on a, on a large scale. And it was it was really demonstrated. The polls were right. Fung was up that. If if you do day of voting, Fung did win. So the polls were right. I don't know how you don't mention the fact that you had the the mail ballots in the early voting basically decided. There's there's no reason to have both. If you're going to have early voting, you don't need mail ballots. If you're going to have mail ballots, you don't need early voting. I believe they need to severely restrict the mail ballots. Otherwise, we're not having elections. We're having people who game the system, who know how to game the system. And as I said, it really just becomes a giant game of, of scavenger hunt. And there are people that are built and set up, and they exploit this, and they work it, and... And then you end up with, there's three examples. Helena Folks, the polls showed she was taking the lead. She beat Dan McKee on primary day at the polls. But, oh, he won the Democrat primary 3,000 mail ballots. And then you had the same thing on election day. Alan Fung and Aaron Gukian, they won their respective races at the polls and then taken away by mail ballots and early early voting, which there, there is, there's no indication that you can't do both. There were no safeguards set up to prevent anyone from doing both early voting and putting in a mail ballot. And it's wrong. It's completely wrong. Folks, it's Thursday. I know the expression people say, and I feel hungover. I didn't even drink last night. I mean, that's how people are reacting. It's shocking. Um, and I recognize so much of this is more the statewide. It's going on in some of the local elections. As I said, in certain communities, the mail ballots are going 80% Democrat. Like, why would that be? And any Republican that says, well, we have to learn to do that. I don't, I don't think that. I know that's not the solution. You're not going to do that. It's just not set up that way. Um, trying to out-cheat the opposition, to me, doesn't seem like the proper recourse. But at this point, something has to change. Because, like I said, this is... What, what kind of system is this? What kind of system is this that these people grab all these mail ballots and go in and then they stuff them that way and then they come out because the polls were right. The polls were right on that. Now, we're going to do some sound. Some of the other elections around the country, there's a lot of discontent with uh, exactly what happened. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. 
Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, Nick Galaverdi, it would look like the long arm of the Lord. This is no small process, by the way, trying to get this guy extradited. We've been following his antics as a fugitive within the in Scotland. There have been all the back and forth as far as uh, the courtroom, him denying who he is. But it, it sounds like things are starting to move in the direction that he is going to have to come back and face the ramifications here in the United States. Yes, it's moving in that direction, John. It's still going to be quite a lengthy process. Um, right now, the uh, court in Scotland is trying to determine if Nick Oliverdian is the same person um, as Nicholas Rossi, which is the alias that he uses while he's in Scotland, and if this is the same guy who has been charged uh, with offenses in um, largely in the state of Utah, and I believe he also has other charges. I think it's in Ohio. Now, this guy is not dumb. He has gamed the system. He has faked his own death. He has done all kinds of things. Um, he thinks outside the box, and um, he's very creative. You got to give it to him. Now, the um, the walls are closing in on him, and uh, a judge, I believe, next week will be making a decision whether um, Nicholas Rossi the alias is one of the same as Nicholas Alverdian. And what we've got is fingerprints, which are an absolute match, absolute match. Now, fingerprints, just like DNA, can be looked at. You can get experts to come in and kick the tires. But I think that the evidence that this guy is one of the same based upon fingerprints is pretty compelling. Further, um, the individual who's sitting in Scotland, who we think is the same gentleman from the States, has unique tattoos. Now, it would be very strange for someone who is pretending to be another to have the identical tattoos. Um, and Nicholas Rossi, when he testified in court in Scotland, said, I don't, I don't know how I got these tattoos. I was in the hospital. Hmm. I was in a coma. And when I woke up, I realized that somebody had tattooed these images onto me. Imagine well, that. That's just, <laughs> that's just ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, and none of it makes any sense for someone to come in on the stick and tattoo this guy with the same tattoos that Nick Alverdian has. It doesn't even pass the laugh test. No. So the judge is going to determine that he is one and the same and that he is not Nicholas Rossi. And he is a gentleman, this one of the same guys who uh, is looking to be extradited back to this country. But once the judge, John, makes the determination that he is the same person, then we start with the extradition process. That can take months and months mm -hmm. it's a very slow process um it and it's really an um interfacing of the um scottish court system with our court system he will get back here eventually i mean he's not going anywhere he's not going to escape into the uh highlands of scotland and disappear again and when he ultimately does come back here, he's looking at some serious sexual assault charges arising in the state of Utah. I think he's, I think it's in Ohio. He scammed somebody out of about $200,000. So he's going to be looking at a number of criminal problems, which will be staring him in the face as soon as he touches down in this country. So the jig is almost up on this guy. Tim Dodd, as far as Scotland, 
it, it's possible. Obviously, they I, and I've been there. You know, they speak English, but do they have weak extradition uh, extradition uh, agreement with the United States? Do, is there maybe a legal reason why he chose that as the place to hide out? I'm I'm not that familiar with okay. the Scottish system, <laughs> but I would think that uh, Nick, being no one's fool, picked this for a particular reason. Yeah. Um, either because it takes a long time or because it's a lax system. You know, I think we do have um, an extradition treaty with um, Scotland like we do with the rest of the UK. Yeah. So he can slow it down, but he can't stop the process. I believe that he will ultimately be extradited. And I'm, I'm sure at this point, Scotland wants nothing to do with them. And they'd probably be happy to kick them out and put them on a plane. Tim Dodd, it is interesting, the defense of he's simply claiming I'm not this person that you you claim I am. You know, I hear from police many times they stop an individual, regular traffic stop, wherever, somewhere, Providence, Pawtucket. And a lot of times people that are wanted, you know, Whitey Bulger had fake IDs and and so forth. It's 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 interesting when the when the authorities finally caught up to Whitey Bulger, he didn't seemingly that we know try to insist, hey, you got the wrong guy. I'm Tom Baxter. He kind of knew like the, the the jig was up. But it is something seemingly that law enforcement does run into from time to time, where people that that are wanted by the law they don't readily sometimes make it known to the authorities that they are who you know the person that they're looking for. Well, and I think that it's a guy like Nick Elaverdian doesn't come along every day. I mean, he yeah. he <laughs> thinks differently. He games the system. He's an intelligent person, and um, he is not the normal um, criminal suspect who comes in with the bag of tricks that he's come in with to try to hinder and delay. And this create chaos. Yeah. He also, um, he did also have uh, someone that was assisting him in the form of this woman who was then insisting that, that he, he was who he is. One final question about Nick Alaverdi. Tim Dodd, are we most likely going to see, um, I mean, he's going to be facing these different charges. Wherever he's extradited first, would he be processed there? And then let's just say it's it's to I believe it's Utah where there are these uh, sexual assault charges. Would that would he do his time and then be extradited to Ohio to face charges, or or could it be while he's in, incarcerated he's also then maybe facing charges in Ohio? More likely that he would be prosecuted in Utah, and let's assume he were to be found guilty. Yep. While he's serving that sentence, he could be shipped off to face um, the music in Ohio, okay. much like Harvey Weinstein. Yes. He was prosecuted in New York, convicted. He's doing time in a New York prison, but he has also been shipped off to California to face the um, the trial there. So it's not like uh, like Nick will, let's say, go to trial, I'm making this up and get a sentence in Utah and sure. do the entire sentence sitting in a Utah jail before he faces justice in Ohio. No, yeah. they can do one. And while if he's, again, serving time, he can certainly be um, moved to the next jurisdiction to face those criminal consequences. Folks, quick break. Much more with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401 732 1730 
Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney, uh, lawyer, Tim Dodd. And and, uh, Tim, there's been two ballot uh, referendums that have come down. One Massachusetts, one in Rhode Island. I'd like to start the one in Massachusetts. They rejected. It was on the ballot. It is fairly close, um, I think. But they rejected overturning that people that don't have legal status are able to have a, whatever you want to call it, a driver's license, driving permit. I am frequently asked of people, how is it possible that some states like Massachusetts, now Rhode Island's moving to that, would allow it? And other states would say, you know, absolutely not. And they don't allow. These are people that are not even, you know, trying to make an argument that they're here legally. They freely admit that they are not residents of the United States. And you have a state like Massachusetts upholding that they will extend to them driving privileges. Depending on your point of view, it's pretty baffling that a, a law like this gets through, you know, the legislative process in Massachusetts. Um, It's vetoed by Charlie Baker. I think his veto was overridden and Charlie Baker um, pushed for this ballot initiative to reject the law that was handed down, which in effect, as you've said, if you're in Massachusetts illegally, blatantly illegally, you can apply for a driver's license. Mm. Now, opponents of this law would say this can be utilized in ways not intended. Um, It could interfere with voting rights. You could use this driver's license to try to vote. Um, Proponents of the bill say, no, 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 you can't use it to vote. That's a red herring. And that this is really for public safety because if you have a driver's license and you're authorized to be driving a vehicle and you get insurance for that vehicle, then you're less of a risk to people if you do cause an accident as an illegal with a driver's license. If you've got insurance, at least that you'll be insured to cover the damages that you might otherwise cause. And you won't be kind of hiding in the shadows, but you can drive and do these things without fear of arrest, let's say. Um, There's certainly an argument to be made from both sides of that argument. I think more conservative states would never go for um, a, a law like this. It's going to be the more liberal jurisdictions like the New England states and places like California, Oregon, Etc., which would probably go for this, and much less so down south. Um, do I think it's giving someone an opportunity and a privilege, um, which is questionable? Should they have that um, privilege while they're here illegally? Um, it's a head scratcher that someone's here doing something illegal in the country, illegally breaking our laws, but they're provided rights and benefits. Mm. It depends on your political point of view. Both sides can be argued on this. In a state like Massachusetts, it's not surprising that this ballot initiative to knock out this law failed and that this driver's licenses for illegals will remain the law of the land of Massachusetts. And with the trend that we're seeing and with voting, I don't think it's going to change. I don't don't think that law is going to go anywhere. It's going to be locked in going forward, which time will tell if it's a positive development or, and it brings all the stability that the proponents suggest or whether it will be abused in the way that those who oppose it fear that it will be used. We will have to wait and see. Folks, we're going to speak with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Todd. Tim, there was another ballot initiative by communities, by the way. Not all voted, but some of them did regarding the whether or not <clears throat> cannabis could be sold in some of the local communities. Some, some you know, towns, Barrington, East Greenwich, rejected it. Um, other towns permitted it. Is this something how – I'm already getting questioned to people asking how is it 
you know, so you're in West Warwick, you could open uh, a, a cannabis shop, but you go right over the line into East Greenwich and it's, it, it's not allowed. How, is this the type of thing? Should we expect that this is, is going to be challenged? I know years ago, Barrington was a dry town. I mean, I don't think Barrington even had a liquor store years ago. And then obviously that has changed and they have restaurants with liquor licenses and I'm fairly certain they have a, a liquor store, but uh, is this something that at some point we're going to see someone want to challenge some of this? Oh, yes, I would expect so. Now, this is specific. Um, the the um, ref, the item being voted on was for the recreational sale yes. of marijuana. Yep. So that's a specific category of sales. It's not for medicinal purposes, but recreational right. purposes. And it's a law that's going to kick in, I believe, on December 1st. Yes. And the communities that oppose having recreational sale of marijuana in their town, it's Smithfield, Situate, Barrington, East Greenwich, Jamestown, and Little Compton. Um, I would be pretty certain that there will be a challenge um, to those communities attempting to ban the sale of recreational marijuana in their towns. Um it gets into very specific um, looking at their local zoning ordinances as to what types of businesses are permitted or not permitted. Um, and can they zone? Not, it's not a zoning issue, but you, you can't zone business act. For instance, with um, adult entertainment, there's, the, most towns have a prescribed area where it can occur some ban it totally and those that ban it you know there simply hasn't been a challenge to it but if there was a challenge it would probably be successful and i would expect to be challenges if i wanted to open a recreational marijuana shop in barrington and um it was not permitted and i were to file suit i i think i would prevail um, but now it's a question would i have the appetite to go spend money to force right. it into this town where there's you know, multiple other towns where I can go set up immediately without having to fight to get my um, store open. Will people challenge um, this? I'm not sure. The, the towns that don't want this or would the more, more or less the more um, affluent, if you will, the better or different or um, socioeconomics of Little Compton and East Greenwich and Barrington are different than some of the other cities and towns in Rhode Island. And it may not be as inviting a place to set up such a store that are welcoming this with open arms. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Another segment, our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePico Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this is unusual what's happening with Rachel Rollins and the Justice Department. Just wondering your thoughts. What type of trouble could she be in? Well, she's supposed to be apolitical. She's not supposed to be supporting any candidate. That's part of the job. Um, is it a crime to do that? I don't think she's looking at criminal jeopardy, but, um, you know, it could be grounds for her being terminated. Um, the thing is, she's in Massachusetts and she's in an event for one of the favored candidates. 
Um, I'm not sure there'll be any real repercussions, but it's clearly improper for the U.S. attorney to be going to political events for any candidate. Um, is it a crime? I don't believe it's a crime. Do I think she's going to lose her job over it? Um, no. If it was a U.S. attorney in a different jurisdiction going to a Trump event, I think they'd get fired, sure. But mm. in this case, no, I don't think anything's going to happen to her. Our final story is um, Danny Masterson. He was known as uh, one of the stars on that 70s show. And uh, this sounds like a very serious trial that's taking place in, in Los Angeles. Tim Dodd, how is it that the judge decides what, you know, right now um, there are several women, not just one. Wood Hills home. What about this? this sounds like number one, a serious trial sounds like a jail case. And then what about the fact that the judge is deciding which who can testify, who can't testify? Well, it's a very serious charge. I mean, it's a clearly a jail case if this guy is convicted. And the, it's somewhat analogous to Bill Cosby in that the judge has the discretion as to how many um in this case, women can come in and testify uh, and they'd be testifying largely as to a similar um, methodology. Does this guy use the same like with Cosby? Yeah. He had he had an M.O. He would invite them out. They'd have drinks that he'd slip them the drug. They'd fall asleep. They'd wake up with their clothes all disheveled um, with the sense that something had happened to them. And Cosby behaved allegedly in the same way over and over and over again. With Harvey uh, Weinstein, there's been the same ability of women who are not the complaining witness, but corroborating witnesses to come in as well. It's under Rule 404, I believe, of the Rules of Evidence that you can't allow some of this material in to show you know, a similar type of um, conduct by the defendant or, you know, a, a, a consistent course of conduct with other individuals. Now, in the Cosby case, in one of his trials, they let like three or four women come in and one, I think it was like eight or nine women to come in. Um, that can make a difference as far as the quality and quantity of women who come in to corroborate uh, the type of bad conduct that the defendant engages in. So... The fact that the judge is allowing this type of testimony is within the judge's purview. It would certainly be an appellate issue if Masterson should lose at trial and be found guilty. But um, it's not uncommon for this type of evidence to come in. And um, he's got a very significant trial that he's about to undergo and if he loses he's looking at significant jail time it's um quite significant folks again he is our legal expert it's attorney tim dodd tim excellent job as always and we will talk to you again thanks john take care it's getting cold already this winter keep your family your employees warm with matthews oil company call them today 401 942-7500 matthews oil company 24-hour emergency service for over four generations they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable, affordable service for you and your family. Celebrating 90 years of service. Call them now. It's going to be a cold winter. Get that tank filled. Call Matthews Oil Company today. 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company. 401-942-7500. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Thursday. Uh, some interesting stories. Missing uh, 12-year-old story out of North Kingstown. If you want to see the video of that, 
we have it up. A lot of people have been uh, commenting on the fact that um, the um, my coverage being at the the Fung Twin Oaks election night. That was a tough one. Now, some, some stories today, folks. The Boroughville School Superintendent says most students were from the Austin-Levi Elementary School. We're talking about the school bus that was involved in a uh, Boroughville crash uh, early this morning. We're still getting some stories on that. We'll continue to update it on it. But uh, crews at the scene, it was a school bus in, in Boroughville. 8.30 it happened at the area of Eagle Peak Camp Dixie Roads. Doesn't appear to be any student seriously injured. A few had bumps and bruises, though. So, and it's still unclear what led up to the crash. Let's go to, um, let's see, here's some sound. New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman says President Trump is privately very angry after a disappointing performance for Republicans in the midterm elections. So, uh, that seems yeah, reasonable. Let's hear it personally believes he was successful but republicans themselves were not on tuesday night right it was it was for some people it was disappointing but i did well was essentially his tweet and, th and that's also not true by the way like he did well in some places um privately according to multiple people i talked to he was very angry uh, the focal point of his anger was the oz race in particular because that was not a natural fit for him and he was convinced to do it and of course he never takes responsibility for any of his own decisions it's always that somebody some some staffer tricked him and i think caitlin to your question this is something that i heard a lot of complaining about from people around him yesterday you know his 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 aides who are in his world paid aides are all insisting Nothing's wrong, status quo, everything goes forward. Um, other people are saying, how many years are we going to spend blaming it on staff? And so, and I think you were going to hear more of that as we go forward. One big question is, does it delay his announcement? I know there have been some people, even on the record, Kaylee McEnany, Jason Miller, saying he should wait, not not do it, but wait until after December 6th, which is when that Georgia runoff is. They, they all, in his world. Think that he should do that now how forcefully they make that case to him versus say it to each other is always the open question um but that is that is the key date to watch for next week he i think does not want to a bunch of people close to him also are worried it will show some sign of weakness but uh, it, it's he's gonna get blamed if he continues to go ahead all right so they, he can't they can't blow georgia they can't blame georgia now folks there's some very tough pieces out in some publications that had been friendly to President Trump. Don't kill the messenger here. Wall Street Journal, Trump is the Republican Party's biggest loser. That is the editorial from the pages of the Wall Street Journal, who were big supporters of President Trump. They write, he has now flopped in 2018, 2020, 2021, and 2022. What will Democrats do when he isn't around to lose elections? We have to wonder, because on Tuesday, Democrats succeeded in making him, the former president, a central campaign issue, and he helped them do it. They failed at the ballot box in states that were clearly winnable. Looking at the Senate map, they write, the message could not be clearer. In New and I know some of you get very upset. You, you can't live, you have to be objective. You can't just dismiss everything. In New Hampshire, the Trump-endorsed Republican, Don Boldick, lost to Maggie Hassan, 53 to 45. At the same time, voters re-elected Chris Sununu by 16 points. Boldick was a very nice guy, but he lost and he disavowed after his wig and his long-standing stance on election fraud, Mr. President Trump said. Had he had stayed strong, he would have won. They write, we doubt New Hampshire voters simply wanted him to stay in denial. They write, cookie. In Arizona... Trump-endorsed Republican Blake Masters trails Senator Mark Kelly, 51 to 47. This is a state successful governor. Doug Ducey won by 14 points, 2018. Ducey could have won the Senate seat, but Trump pledged to go to war with him because he refused to entertain 2020 fraud theories in Pennsylvania, of course. Dr. Oz, there was a good candidate in that race, Steve McCormick. Oz lost to Fetterman. It's a tough state for the GOP, but Fetterman was a weak candidate. They write Dave McCormick would have been a better Republican nominee, but he wouldn't say the 2020 election was stolen. So Trump endorsed Oz. In Georgia, 
Trump-endorsed Herschel Walker trails. Now, that still goes to a December runoff, which Herschel Walker could win. But Brian Kemp won re-election by eight points. Walker's flaws as a candidate were obvious, but Trump helped clear the primary field and other candidates opted out. In Ohio, though, J.D. Vance won a solid victory over Tim Ryan, while Republican Governor Mike DeWine won by 26 points. Vance was a poor fundraiser. As of October 19th, he pulled in $12 million to Ryan's $47 million. Wow. What saved him was $32 million from Mitch McConnell. Vance trailed in the polls until mid-October. This guy was the worst, Doug Mastriano. Pennsylvania Trump-endorsed gubernatorial choice lost by 14 points. Tim Michaels in Wisconsin, Tudor Dixon in Michigan, fumbled winnable gubernatorial races, also in Michigan. And then it goes on and on. They write, uh, President Trump could have stayed quiet in the final weeks, except to spend money to help his candidates, but he did little of the latter. Instead, staged rallies that played into Democrat hands. His rally in Latrobe may have hurt Dr. Oz with suburban voters, which cost Mr. Trump the state in 2020. Since his unlikely victory in 2016, Mr. Trump has had a perfect record of electoral defeat. The GOP was pounded in the 28 midterms, owing to his low approval rating. He lost 2020. He then sabotaged Georgia's 2021 runoff by blaming party leaders. And that gave Democrats control of the Senate, letting President Biden pump up inflation with 1.9 trillion COVID bill, appoint a liberal Supreme Court justice and pass a 700 billion climate hash. Now, this is Wall Street Journal now, has botched the 2022 elections and could hand Democrats the Senate for two more years. Mr. Trump had policy success as a president, including tax cuts, deregulation, but he has led Republicans in one political fiasco after another. We're going to win so much, he once said, that you're going to get sick and tired of winning. Right now, Republicans are sick and tired of losing. Now, I recognize that that is a tough piece by the Wall Street Journal. But you, you can't, and it just goes on and on. I mean, there's another piece, the Trump liability for the GOP. The, the, um, the New York Post is really turning on him. Let's throw to local. Governor Dan McKee penned the letters. Dear Rhode Islanders, I'm grateful for you putting your faith in me. I think his mail ballot team over-delivered. I don't think he meant to get so many ballots in such a blowout. They really went heavy on the early voting in the mail ballots, which I think are very, very questionable. It needs to be investigated. I don't know if it will be, folks. But Governor McKee says... Um, for 30 years, I put the people I serve first by listening and learning. We're just getting started. I will always put you first. Is there anyone that believes that? With the truck tolls, the soccer stadium, the Superman building, I, I, don't, I don't know anyone that actually says that. In this line, we're going to continue to bring more jobs to Rhode Island. There is no talk of that. And when you have a governor that is in the pocket of the labor unions. When, when you have a governor who is, um, who basically is right now uh, completely controlled by the special interest that I, I, I just don't know what would make anyone think that he is suddenly going to start. You know, I know that Governor McKee has said that now he can start to now he can start to govern. He had to do these things to get elected, but he's got some. As I've said, he's got some very very expensive promises out there. I also I can't believe Governor McKee is saying it's time to give our children the education they deserve. We're going to invest in our public schools, and we're going to meet or exceed Massachusetts outcome by twenty thirty. That that is. Folks, Central High School in Providence is a brand new school. The, the test scores are still terrible. By, by just giving no-bid contracts to the unions to build brand new schools, you're going to have children failing in those brand new schools. Now, as far as North Kingstown, I am hearing that that girl has now been located. So that's good. Happy ending. Um, she was at a, a dollar store, I'm, I'm 
seeing actually as I, as um, we're coming to you right now. So somehow she was uh, found at the Dollar Tree on Post Road in North Kingstown. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that happened, how she got over there, but that was um, very intense search last night. So not sure how that came about. But just going back locally, um, I, you know, all of this talk of it, it doesn't even matter about the message. It doesn't matter. All of this talk of the, the Rhode Island Republican Party and they got to make sure they're distanced from Trump and everything else. That doesn't matter if your opponent is winning elections because of mail ballots and early voting. And they're, they're gaming the system. The, 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 there's just there's no way to compete with it. This isn't the battle for ideas. And by the way, they're doing it everywhere. I mean, the, the mechanisms, as I mentioned, there are certain towns that the mail ballots go 80% Democrat. Uh, does that make sense to anyone? If you have a number of people, just pick a neighborhood and you don't even know their political leanings and the people in the neighborhood are going to vote by mail ballot, how would it fall that 80% of them would vote Democrat? It just, it doesn't, it doesn't stand to reason. And, I, and I'm talking about in close elections, by the way. I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about the fact <clears throat> that, well, you know, when an overwhelming Democrat win, of course, there's going to be more people voting Democrat. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking in close elections. When you have races that are, you know, 53-47, 52-48, but 75 to 80% of the votes being cast are Democrat votes. Come on, there's something up with that. So, but I, I don't, all of this talk, I'll tell you, and just one more note on 2024, DeSantis' 20-point route of Charlie Chris shows the magnitude of the political change in Florida. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the guy knows how to win. He, he, he could be the future. He could be. But no one's going to bow out. He's going to have to battle it. I know I've, I've spoken, I heard some people over the weekend saying, no, he needs to stay and keep improving Florida. No, the things they're doing in Florida, I believe they need to do all over the country. Florida has very secure elections, by the way. Florida has much different voting regulations than Rhode Island does. Much, much different. And then you get a different result. We don't have uh, reputable, we, we don't have these, we're not having real elections. We, we, we're just, we're not. They're, they're not when, when people are winning by early voting and mail ballots, they're, they're gaming the system. They're not winning day of. We have a lot of problems. We don't have credible elections. They're not credible. The results are not credible. All right. It's Thursday. We're going to talk with our legal analyst, Attorney Tim Dodd, folks, with much more ahead on The John DePietro Show.